Hello, and you're listening to the best drone podcast out there, Let's Drone Out. We would like to thank all of our patrons, including... Ricky Dread. As well as... Art Faulkner. And... That's it. We've only got two out of the four $12 patrons who would help pay for the editing for this train wreck of a show. If you want to get your name read out, please donate to patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Let's drone out. Hello and welcome to a, another fantastic episode of Let's Drone Out, um, the best UK podcast on drones because I think we're the only one. Uh, tonight we are <laughs> <laughs> tonight we are joined by a special guest, uh, uh, Pavel Spachowski. Uh, yeah, that's fine. You said that brilliantly, Jack. Us as Do you close have, as I can... have like a a short a shorter version that we we can all uh, you know like a nickname like go, set you right just go hand. with Pavel. That's not too hard. Just is it? go with Pavel. It will be great. It will Pavel. be really great. Pavel. My nickname Pavel. is equally hard to pronounce for native English speakers, so don't bother. We're also joined by Curry Kitten. Hello. Uh, we we also have the return of I don't know he looks familiar but I'm not too sure who he is. Uh, we are joined by NJ Tech now. Hello, yeah, it's been some time, eh? Now I I've had to sign an agreement not to mention Sophie Ellis Baxter. Well, you've already done it. <laughs> are you going to be back for the winter? Yes. Um... Yes and no. I mean, do you still I, I, even like drones, or are you all about <laughs> Rocket League now? No, I, I, of course, I love drones. I love both. I love both with not equal measure. I definitely love drones more. Um, yeah, I've put a video back up. It's probably, it's probably not reached everyone because YouTube does that thing where it's you can hit the bell icon and it still decides that no, this person doesn't watch you anymore so i don't know if, if people are aware but yes i have uploaded a video and i will be continuing to upload more videos and and crack on with various reviews and bits so yes i'm back no i haven't uh, disappeared from the hobby i'm very happy to be flying again and do you, do you, do you want to be wonderful people do you want to shout out your your youtube channel for any listeners nj tech um not the computer one because there's there's two NJ Tech channels out there and one of them's I think one of them's sort of software yeah. stuff. Type yeah, N- the other NJ one, space it's NJ space slash it's NJ space tech or www.youtube.com forward slash Neil Jones guitar. Don't ask that's the other the other way that you can also get there. Or just just type in the sexiest man that's kind of into FPV. I am into FPV. Must have, I it must have been, I've just had to you know, work. Work owned me for the last few months. That was I think it's healthy. To, I think it's healthy to have a break from it as well. It must be feel feel a bit refreshing, actually. 
for you. Yeah, it was it was good. I didn't feel like I fell off the um, fell off the bike too much when I went out flying the other day, which was nice. Um, still got the buzz, still enjoyed it, still really happy to be getting back into flying. I know this is probably bad timing in terms of the weather and you know the way things not, are going. Not go. at all. Not <laughs> at all. It has rained all year, so yeah, that's true. Although it's actually it was nice today. We had sunshine. It was very windy, but we had lots of sunshine down here in. Mm-hmm. This is the problem problem with like the wind is like it's toothpicks are all the rage and they don't do well in the wind. Um, So that's the problem I've been having. It's like, yeah, it's sunny today, but I, if I fly it, it's not, is that a fair representation of how it actually performs? Because there's a 50 mile per hour wind, you know? So that's where I've been struggling. Right. Let me, let me just finish the intro. Go on. Right. We were also joined by Andy RC. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> my little pet, Tony. How do? Or shall I say, my... What, what are those meerkats' names again? My Sergio... No. Sergi or Ser- Alexander. I, I'm... I'm or, Ale- yeah. Alexander, I don't know. I don't, who knows? They're Russian meerkats anyway. I did have to Google it. Um, and he's, he's, he's not stroking himself. He has actually got a, a dog there. And I am Jack, also known as Bright Until I Fly, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. Right, so, NJ, I know you've been gone a while, right? But there's these Indeed. weird foam triangles, right, that that look like this. And yes. they fly with only one propeller. I know. It is crazy. Crazy um, stuff. And uh, you can put, like, drone flight controllers in them, Right. Good lord. But you have you to flash that. them with this magic stuff. Um, <clears throat> that this uh, is a brilliant segue. Keep going. I, I'm, I'm, I, I want to know where he's going with this as well. He's getting there. And and you can put GPS on it and everything. And and you have to flash this software called iNav. I've heard the name once or twice. Yeah, and. Um, and then it, it it does some magic things, man. It and does... the airplane crashes to the ground. Yeah, yeah. if you've got uh, or flies upside down really well. Or, uh, and it was made by a guy called Constantine, I think. Yep. And yep. Uh, we've got one of um, your your developer, aren't you, Val? Yes, I'm a software developer o- of iNav. That's my day job. Yeah. Well, Actually, that's my day job. I'm a software developer. Wow. And sometimes, from time to time, also in the evening, doing INAF and other stuff that's not that popular as INAF. But please donate to, the, to INAF. It is life-changing and uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. And, like, um, pal, you have a YouTube channel. How did you, how did you get into the RC hobby? Um, that's kind of because like five years ago I decided it's time for me to get a drone so I got the cheapest crap I found on the Amazon like come on brushed motors and half a year later I decided that maybe I should build myself I've been building stuff almost all of my life and then one step to the other I got this few months later I decided it's time for me to build my airplane and so on and so on and this is, let's say, by coincidence. I'm in the hobby by pure coincidence. 
No, so because it happened only like four years ago, so it's really like a very, very short time. Oh. So yeah, I like I I I've used your videos that you've been very helpful, especially with the the iNav auto tune and um the uh servo trim as well. You know, not realizing that you have to land with auto trim still on and it will save if you disarm. Um you can always read the documentation, which does not exist. So come on. Yeah, no one it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't keep up. It, that bit did exist actually about auto trim because I was I was asking yeah, does, um, Lee about it and I said it's not documented. And I looked at the site again. And I said, "Oh, it is now. You have to land with it on." No, so, I think the the, the right, for like two years now the Inaviki has the documentation for most of the of the most. But truth to be told, people usually do not read the documentation, especially documentation. I know because I'm not reading documentation. No, nah, I, I yeah, I, I like learning it by osmosis. I mean, I think a lot of the iNav wing was uh, covered documentation-wise by the Rag the Nuts off guy. I think he done quite a bit of the documentation in the early days. Yes, it's original series. It's quite good, yes. But, yeah. uh, And painless, of course. uh, I think he was the first big channel that started doing materials about the iNav for for three, four years. No. How how old is iNav? Three years? I, I think I, something something like a three years, I think. I don't. I I I will search out. As... Probably Lee, that's the biggest channel out, wouldn't it be that 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 covers INAV the most? Yeah, probably. Yeah, and um, I can See, I, I can look it up. Hang on. Oh, I had a question of uh, of Pavel actually because I watched. Uh, no. I was quite interested to watch your video about where's the money go, where you sort of track down sort of consumer paying the money to retailers, retailers paying manufacturers. And when it comes down to like the software and especially the software developers getting tiny little trickles of it, which is kind of kind of the way it goes in open source development, I guess, for most people. Yes, um, sort of hobbying. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I was interested because there wasn't really a conclusion there in terms of what do you think the way forward is? Because I think there's always going to be a certain amount of people that will be happy to do it as a hobby and share the code for other people to do it and sort of go on that way. Because the, the other option seems to be taking it as a commercial endeavor, like sort of Flight One or something and, and having your own boards and stuff if, if people want to make money out of it. What, what's your take on where to go? Uh, it all depends how you really understand the the open source project and what the developers are doing. Because from my perspective, I love develop. I I'm I'm a programmer of my life. I'm developing software all my life, and the fact that I can put a code into something like this magical board and it does some cool stuff, it's really like very fulfilling for me. And as long as I can only like when I have some willingness to do something then i just code and it's super cool no problem at all but i think i don't know year maybe year and a half ago the the project called inav got into a state that it's really no longer a pure 
hobby grade software created by one guy because he likes it. Uh, users started to expect uh, some kind of support to solve their problems and uh, started to ask for features and so on and so on and so on and so on. Uh, if the developers that are in the project called INAF would spend as much time as the user base expect them because they think that, come on, you like programming, why don't you program this? Then it stops being really a hobby, it starts to be almost like a job that you are not paid off. For what I do usually, I have those phases where I really do stuff for INAF, like uh, last two weeks and probably two next weeks. I'm really like developing a lot, but then probably I will get tired and I will retire from INAF for quarter, few months, nobody knows for how long, because it's it's not my job. It's not my job to do stuff for INAF. And INAF cannot hire developers to fix bugs when the bugs are appearing. It only relays on the goodwill of, of, of the guys that are helping to develop a project. So it really depends how you look at it. If this is only a hobby, a way to spend a pleasurable evening, because we developers sometimes spend a pleasurable evening writing the code, then it's fine. But if you understand this as a business, or really big project that is popular in the community, then it's almost like a work and it's not the same anymore. Okay, I get that. So but I suppose my question is where's where's it gonna go? Is it is it the fact that it's become big enough that it's it's like sort of commercial quality that either someone has to take it on and, and pump a load of money into it or what happens to the do the developers kind of get tired of doing it or the the, the user base is frustrated because they're not getting the fixes they want because of course no one wants to do it all for free or what happens mm, the the whole market that is interested in paid software is extremely small worldwide it's like a few thousand people maybe it it's from where I see it, it's impossible to have a good running business that will sustain itself and hire two or three developers doing stuff all the time if you are not selling a hardware. Because look what all the, all the projects that are commercial right now, what they are really selling. If you buy the Eagle Tree, what do you buy? Software or hardware? Well, it's nice buy, isn't it? You you buy hardware and by coincidence you also get the software. The same goes with Flight One, the Pixhawk. Yeah, the, okay, the Pixhawk is slightly different because uh, they got uh, commercial sponsorship back over the years. Uh, what else? DJI. You buy DJI hardware, not the DJI software. Some time ago, I made a poll if people are willing to pay for a special version of INAF or configurator, mobile configurator. People were not interested. So there is not enough money in the hobby, in this potential niche, to convert this into a project that lives only based on the software itself. It's just too small. Well, so how how does Bitterflight do it then? Because they seem to have too many releases, and not not too many. Too many is the wrong term, but they have like there seems to be a new release every other few weeks. So so what? How is their model different than the INAV? Uh, mm. Bitterflight? You mean Bitterflight, right? Bitterflight. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I. 
I'm not uh, the in in the inner circle of the beta flight, so I cannot speak for them what's happening inside. But from what I know, the amount of money in beta flight as a software development product is more or less the same as in IDAF, not existent. With the beta flight, it's slightly different because beta flight, um, on one hand, it has a simpler, let's say, simple role. Sure. People people do not expect beta flight to run on everything. People expect beta flight to run only from three to let's say seven inch quads, and it's great. And also, this is probably right now the most popular, let's say, area of the RC hobby. People love flying mini drones. So not only the, uh, a lot of people are buying hardware, but a lot of people are building this kind of quads. It's relatively simple. And the fact that they are releasing something does not mean that they are paid for this. Uh, you found the bug then let's fix the bug, let's make a release, everybody's happy. But I expect maybe there is some more, maybe a few hundred bucks yearly in the beta flight, more than the INAF, not that the INAF has hundreds of bucks, because that's also not true. But there is also no money. The projects, open source projects, are underfunded, just like that. Mm. So maybe it could be that beta flight get more donations than perhaps just be just because it's more of a popular. It's still thing. from what I know, most of the developers of the beta flight are just doing this on a hobby base because this is this is this is cool. They know how to make a quad fly better, so they make the quad fly better. This is only my let's say suspicion over there. And if I recall correctly, right now beta flight releases in half year cycle. They released 4.0 half a year ago. Now they are preparing to release 4.1. So it's it's not that they are really like releasing everything, and and the development yeah, uh, is not that fast. Point, also, yeah. because the user base of the beta flight is higher, it's yeah, there is it's more after. probable that also they will find a developer that is willing to do some work for the project. It's all an effect of the scale. Yeah. No, also, cool. also like at the. At the beginning, there only there was clean fly and then uh, beta or beta oh, in flight. In the beginning, it was multi wheel. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, yeah. In the beginning, I mean, there was base <laughs> flight. There was KK two. There was, you know, okay, but like base flight. Jack's just saying beta flight so that because because that's how NJ says it, and he wants him on next week. Oh, that's oh, why beta flight. NJ. <laughs> Enjoy. Oh. I can't believe he's back. Oh, look how white those teeth are. God damn it. I, I swear to God you could make me gay. Um, he, does, he doesn't white them either. They're just like that. Naturally. You know? They naturally grew out without, an, without anxiety. Yeah. Amazing. Um, <laughs> oh, surprising the amount of coffee I drink, actually. I don't believe it. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, um, there was, you know, the, then it forked to clean fly and then, uh, beta flight was a way of like having a little sandbox and testing all the, the, uh, push requests or pull requests. And I always get those two mixed up and, and, and that was that at the beginning. And then it kind of got a hell of a lot of traction because of the amount of work that, um, that uh, Boris B did really. 
he he put he put a hell of a, a lot and of of like you know sort of work he would feverishly work day day and night and then put out a load of releases and um and then you know like only only now sort of like you know i now completed about a year or two ago completed its drone sort of uh, side and then really started to pick up the uh fixed wing is that right um no Mm, hey, INAF was formed from Clean Flight, more yeah. in the same period of time that the Beta Flight was formed for uh, Clean Flight. Yeah. And the Flying Wing Aeroplane support in, let's say, almost not change, uh, basic way, uh, is there really from the beginning? Mm, because all of that mm. already existed in the base flight all of that already existed on the on the clean flight only constantine back in the i think it was 2016 or 2015 in the event started refining this refining this mm. but the project and uh, the making this better for the airplanes uh, actually, yeah, something like uh, last year ago, I think with 2.0, with the rewritten mixer and the better graphical interface to set up mixer and things like that. We are gradually refining the product and making this better, blah, 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 yeah. blah, uh, and catching up Betaflight and some of the features. Because uh, let's be honest, right now, Betaflight is the... This software you have to look at when you want uh, features and flight performance for the quads, not only mini quads, but for the quads. So I will not, let's say, exaggerate when I say that we get from Betaflight a lot because both mm. projects are open source under the same license. Um, we just take whatever we want from their code and they take whatever they want from our code. Not that they, they take a lot, but it's always there. Anyone can take whatever whatever they want. Um, yeah, because I, I remember, like, you know, when I first started using iNav, I mean, they, you would calibrate your um, board and you wouldn't be able to tell which axis you've you've done. You'd have to rhythmically follow the uh, wiki and everything yeah was... well good old times good yeah. old times let's say but, but this is this is always the problem that the inav uh, has a higher entry level because you have to set up much more things and the setup of the things is much harder and we have slightly less developers or the smaller user base so it's harder for us to find developers um this is why very often the development pace is not really that rapid as we would like. For example, we still do not have a good support for Smart Audio 2.1 because we don't have time, we don't have hardware, and we don't have, let's say, uh, immediate need to to finally patch it in the in the correct way. Mm -hmm. um, who who out of us uses uh, iNav? I mean, well, I know Curry I, does. I, I, I've, I downloaded iNav um, just to take a look at it, and um, yeah, it's a, it's surprising to me um, because it just looks so similar to Betaflight. I assumed they were more closely connected um, than than it than it appears to be, but uh, essentially you're just sharing the interface because it's both open source and it's a sort of interface that people are familiar with. So 
you can sort of cross over, I guess, is the, the idea of going with that interface. Mm. We really share a lot with Betaflight, Cleanflight, and even Baseflight. You always have to remember about Baseflight because all the projects originated from the same code base. They originated from the rewritten multi-wii, which was the back then called uh, the Baseflight. Configurator internals of all three Three. I'm not sure if you actually count uh, the clean flight as a separate project right now. Uh, the interface is the, 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 the interface. The, the backbone of the software is more or less the same. The firmwares share the same libraries. They, they share the same CPUs. Uh, a lot of things are similar. But because, come on, the, I would, if I would have to guess, like 50% of the code base is exactly the same in both projects because they origin from the same, the same, uh, the same place. Only they diverge from the beginning and they started, let's say, um, have a different purpose. When Betaflight always concentrated on the mini quads, while INAV concentrated in the beginning on the um, on the return to home waypoints and slightly better uh, navigation. And then there was the aeroplane phase, uh, multi-rotor catch-up from Betaflight and so on and so on and so on. So um, from, from, a, from like a multi-rotor perspective, th th this has always interested me because um, I think w one of the reasons that uh, people like get out of multi-rotors is because there's no redundancy you know there's no flip a switch if i get into trouble and gps kicks in and it just loiters there and inav has the possibility to do that so that's what interested me about inav so are there um from from what i hear you know, um, the the acro performance in iNav isn't on par with Betaflight. Is that fair to say? And it, it, is it sort of um, it, is it a, a uh, something that a direction that iNav would go into to try to sort you of try and honest, be You want my honest opinion? I will never say that uh, INAV is actually on the same level of performance uh, in the mini quads world as the beta flight is, but it's not true. But I currently own like uh, one, two, three, four, five, five, maybe six mini quads, if you count seven inches as seven inches as the mini quads. And, and, and the 3D yes, how many of those tricopter. Yeah, yeah, I'm not flying. I'm, I'm not even counting that. Guess oh. how many of those quads uh, INAV uh, uh, powers? And I'm flying them freestyle, racing, stuff like that. Not only, I, some of them even don't have GPS. It's one. Only one because uh, of the hardware on this one is not uh, supported by the INA. But that's all. If I would have to guess, right now the acro performance of INAV, if you tune it up correctly, because you have to tune INAV. Uh, the envelope of hardware for INAV is much, much wider than for Betaflight. But if you tune it by experimenting on watching some of my videos and, and, and stuff like that, the performance is somewhere on the Betaflight 3.5 level. It's not 4.0 because we lack the dynamic filtering. Uh, but if we would add the dynamic filtering, which I'm 
quite often thinking maybe I should port it finally, then the, per the performance would not be really that different. There is a performance difference. They behave slightly, slightly different. Uh, but if you go to my channel, and uh, watch some of the flight videos I publish from time to time. All of those were recorded with iDAF. That's pretty, I'm not the best pilot in the world, but the, the software does its job. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. What do you think of, um, uh, and did this come from INAV? Did Beta Flight get their GPS? They call it kind of rescue mode. Yes, uh, and this is, is a rescue mode. The crash towards yourself is what I like to call it. Did did this come from INAV or did Beta no, Flight dream no, this up no, by themselves? No, no, they they developed this by themselves. This is one hundred percent their doing, which is like they, the name says, it's a rescue. If you really got into a trouble, then you the quad will probably return home somehow and then drop close to you. Yes. And this works great in that that aspect. It, it almost I have, I have seems... Sorry, Andy, go ahead. I was I was just going to say. Read the disclaimer it, it, first. It, it almost oh, seems it, it almost seems a, a shame that um, the, the the two don't sort of like from a developer perspective come together because I would just love to see a, a an entire package where you you have that GPS redundancy, but then you've got the the flight performance of Beta Flight, and then you could. You, you you could have the, yeah. the the full deal, you know. This, this. So what are we if looking you, at? Um, this is a seven-incher. If I would replace the motors with slightly stronger version, this would be pretty nice seven-incher with full return to home and night operations capability. But no, um, like I said, you have to tune enough. You have to tune yeah, enough yeah. for the. In theory. It is possible for us to use exactly the same, well, clo very close defaults that Betaflight uses. This is possible. We, the p-values in both softwares can be set to exactly the same value. I can be set to exactly those same values. The D and fit forward are, let's say, slightly, slightly different story. You really have to tune D and fit forward. But, but okay, there's no fit forward in the INAP. But the filters, the basic filters are more or less the same. If we would apply, then it would fly mini quads just as fine as beta flight without any extra tuning, at least for majority of the users. But we cannot do it. Uh, people fly 10 inches, 12 inches. People really fly a very wide. Uh, I understand. Group. And they okay, put really yeah. extremely, extremely strange things into the air. So we are not even pretending that uh, you just flash and, and take it to, for a spin and it will work. I, I, maybe, if I will have time for the next release of INAV, I will implement a feature that will have a possibility to have different defaults. 
course, there is idea how to more or less do it. Maybe this will make the whole process simpler. But still, the INAV has in the configurator the whole section called presets, when you just more or less choose your type of the UAV and drone or and click apply presets and the preset is applied. So then at least filtering and fits are more or less to the class, more or less. Still, sure. you then still have to tune it. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Thanks for clearing that out. That's great. I I yeah. dubbed my S800 with the presets and it flew beautifully right off the bat. I was I was really impressed. I well I was... because the defaults are useless in INAV. I will honestly say it. The default values of the pit gains and the filtering is really absolutely. It, nothing good flies flies good on those values because we don't know what users will be flying with will it be a big small heavy light three inches seven inches we have absolutely no idea so we just do not set a defaults for a specific class and this is unfortunately the reason majority of users thinks that after flashing kind of and taking into the air and observing how crappy it flies, say that INAV is crappy software. Because they're not. The defaults are crappy. That's all. What, what would you recommend doing? Tri trim first, then tune? Um, um, how do you make it not crappy? I, on, the, on the flying wings uh, and aeroplanes in general, like on Monday I published a video of the full process. That means they set up the yeah. center of gravity well, then set up rates, auto-tune, auto-trim, no, auto-trim, auto-tune, and then manually improve the tune. This is this is the way. With the multi-rotors, um, go to the presets, apply the preset that you think is closer to what you fly. Hopefully for the next release we will update the, the presets and maybe put some more over there. And Unfortunately, you have to learn how to at least basically tune your uh, multi-rotor because without that, it's impossible. Mm -hmm. Think, uh, think what happens when you flash a beta flight on the three-incher. Will it fly on defaults? Oh, absolutely! No, no, it, it exactly. you, you arm it and it just flies the sky on its own. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It didn't, it didn't used to do that. It's only since Beta Flight Four it started doing that. To be fair, but what is what is interesting though, and Tony's is is buggered off, but um, he uh, flies X class. But I think he's using Beta Flight Jack. If I'm not, am I right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, so those are those are running like um, what, what are they? Twelve, thirteen inch blades. Yeah, so, um, something like that. But 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 you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, the 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 three inch and below completely different pids. Completely work, different. Won't work the different, uh, yeah. different moment of inertia on the frame, completely different uh, frequencies of the noise from the motors, completely different uh, trust to moment of inertia ratio. Because when we do trust to weight, we simplify stuff incredibly. How trust to weight is only like 10% of the story. Trust to inertia is more important, uh, moment of inertia. And everything is completely different. The defaults on the beta flight are that good for one year old uh, quad, and it works great. You put yourself uh, bigger motors. Uh, I don't have example. Oh no, there's for example. Oh, this thing. 
This thing had different motors. Uh, 2306. I replaced the motors with 2208, which has like 40% more torque. And I completely had to retune it. Defaults were absolutely not working. The P gains had to be lower by 40% to make this thing flying. The defaults are only good on the stuff that you design, designed the defaults for. Yeah, which in beta flight is essentially a, a five-inch yes. uh, freestyle yes. copter yes. from, from yes. What, yes. what I yes. experienced. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Even if you would put defaults on the really current, up-to-date, really torquey, powerful five-incher, it still would fly crappy and over oscillate because the current motors have, whoa, that much torque than the one-year-old uh, generation of motors. So what you're saying is that then with, with iNav, that you can, you probably can get Acro close to be a flight. Yes, close. Close, not not quite, but close. That's interesting. Yeah, because that, because that's something that I that's an avenue I want to go down with um i recently um tried it with mission planner because there's been a sort of resurgence with the uh, arju pilot and arju copter um ever since it moved to that uh Shibios. am i saying that right Shibios. um so um yeah and someone came up with a set of defaults for like a 250 mini quad and yeah it, it wasn't bad and you could flick a a switch and uh, you could be an acro flick a switch and then it it returns to home and uh yeah that, that's the that, that's the kind of thing i think beginners need um you know if if, if they want to go straight to a mini quad um so so I, that's sort of what i'm interested in with with inav um rather than rather than the the wing stuff although um Planes, you know, is, is, is what I've done for the majority of my life. I just don't have the space for planes. Otherwise, every, my channel <laughs> would just be all plane stuff. I flew, yeah, I, so no. uh, I flew a, um, a Bixler 3 on Tuesday with an FPV set up and everything. And it was, uh, uh, yeah, I really, it was, it was awesome. Yeah, Philip, if you're watching, he let me fly his Bixler. And uh, I'd never flown one before and uh, yeah it was cool i liked it so no the the performance can be close but you have to let's say know what you are doing start from the presets we implemented in the configurator and then try to tune from there and yeah you will get somewhere hopefully. Well, yeah. i suppose the question is looking at some of us who are a bit lazy for tuning and i, I hold my hands up wholeheartedly <laughs> because my lack of time means I just want to go there and fly. Uh, you know, oh, this isn't going to work. I, I, I mess with my P's and D's. But as soon as it's flying, okay, I'm like, okay, I'm going to fly this. What do you think the possibilities are having uh, an auto-tune that is good enough to get you into a really quite solid flying situation on any size quad? Let's just um, Define solid. Um, you won't sort of think, oh, it's oscillating or it's making a noise. Basically, it will just it will just fly nicely. I mean, it, mm -hmm. one could say, okay, we could spend an extra couple of hours tuning it and fine tuning it, getting it absolutely perfect. But something that would just be like, this is this is fine pretty well out of the box. That sort of solid. Thing. 
I'm not sure if you remember when Clean Flight, for year old Clean Flight, there were some auto tunes. There was a G tune, there was something else tune. It was kind of tuning stuff. I, I think I tried it and I remember trying it out and it was hilarious because so, yeah, yeah. the quad just went, I'm over here and it would do this sort of thing for a while and then it would drift away in yeah, the wind yeah, yeah. Because and you had to bring it back. And there I managed to is. get it finished once and it was really bad. <laughs> There is really a lot of literature how to tune pit controllers. There are mathematic equations you can read about those stuff. I don't remember right now the names of the, all those algorithms. But you, if you know the oscillation frequency and then this happening, then you can really tune it. You can really tune it. And I bet that if someone really had enough time and willingness to implement one of those scientifically proved methods of tuning uh, of the quadcopter because quadcopter is really like it's every other machine you can control with pit controller pid controller it's not that different but you tune your pid controller while working that means it would have to let's let's say start doing those crazy stuff in the air for the learning algorithm to pick up the uh, resonance frequency and then apply this apply this up so it will always look like and something is happening if you moved one step too far then something exploded somewhere this is by the way exactly the the way how the autotune is working uh, on the aeroplanes it just compares your input with your output and you have to do stuff with the sticks for this to work and tries to match mainly fit forward mainly fit forward so your output matches the input but this works on flying wings because flying wings and airplanes in general have a lot of built-in stability they will not flip over if you slightly mess your tune they will still fly only not as good but maybe someday someone but i really honestly doubt it the tuning of the quad is really simple you know it's really like if you know how to do it then it's simple of course if you're not very lazy uh no if you know how to do it because it takes like 10 minutes I'll, I'll, really? have, I'll have to have a try of it. It's something I've not tried, but it's something it's it's on the the to do list. It's just the problem is the to do list is endless at the moment. So, yeah, uh, I know, I know the feeling. Uh, yeah, and yeah, endless to do list. Yeah, so I'd really like to check it out though. So um, yeah, I I've got I've got it in my I downloaded and installed it, and I've looked around and watched a few videos, but that's about as far as I've gotten but uh i eventually plan to to try and do what i did because uh when 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 i uh got reunited with mission planner it was a two-week endeavor to try and remember how everything worked um so it's like it's like learning something new isn't it you know and the, there's so much yeah. to learn there's so much to learn in this hobby in the first place when you know your brain is just full of stuff and I, I need to like delete some useless stuff to make some room for some INAV things, <laughs> and then and then I'm ready. I think. Uh, but um, so, sorry to sort of go off topic because I know like we're, we're coming close towards the end. Um, we we don't we don't have uh, Andrew slash Frank to talk about this. Um, but do any of you guys? have any insight on what's going on with the BMFA? As I think the short version I saw was 
don't register or something like that. Yeah, don't register. Ooh. Yeah, you you were funny enough. You were covering uh, EU drone laws as well. Uh, yes, but from what I have heard, you are leaving the European Union, so I don't care about you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> not not anytime soon, but look at it. Yeah, I doubt it will really happen. No, no, no. Uh, so, from what I've heard, the the rules that you are planning are kind of similar to what will be happening in the European Union, but I don't know anything about the test you're supposed to be taking, so don't ask me. Mm. Yeah, it was more so, It was more sort of to Jack and... Yeah, um, don't register Wayne yet. And... It's still being worked out. I reckon the price is going to change and all this and that. This is why I, I really struggle to to, you know pay attention to any of this because it changes on like you should a have got an email about it basically I got yeah yeah that that's how i know about it because uh, my friend phil actually said oh i got notified by the bmfa today about something about register the registration thing i was like oh man it's like uh, w- one minute it's a tragedy and the next minute it's like oh everything's gonna be fine and then it's oh no and then oh brilliant and it's like just, do we just not pay attention to it until something actually happens? Because it seems like, you know, we're just preparing for something that just hasn't been decided yet. You know, just it just seems strange. Um, but yeah, so that uh, it's slightly off topic there. But I just wondered if any of you guys know we needed Andrew slash Frank for that one, really, didn't mm. we? More, more in tune with that but uh, i just thought i'd mention it because it's something that's going on here in the uk bmfa is the the british model flying association so like that i'm not sure what I think it, this, is it i think this is the situation currently in all the european union countling countries including great britain um because uh, from what i know yeah the european union got those regulations out, but for example, the Polish authorities, because I'm from Poland, but I do not live in Poland, uh, are only just planning to do something about this, because there's the rules from from the above, from the European Union, they're only a general direction. And how it's going to look like in the end really depends on the on the national regulators with what kind of the rules that the, each country will come up with. Yeah, so Wynn has uh, posted in the chat uh, a Facebook post, I think, uh, to it. So, yeah, we can all go and read that. Also, someone has said, NJ's gone quiet. Why is that? Because he's been out of the game, man. He's, this is learning. He, NJ's learning now here. He's just sat there. Uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, this is part of my absorbing phase where I reabsorb, reabsorb the now. And then I will have an you opinion that will around, take up an entire episode. Have you ever messed around with INAV, NJ? No, not something I messed around with. I did um, when the GPS thing became something people were testing in beta flight. I did a bit of that and got uh, one of my quads still mounted up there, but with the GPS got the return at home and all those bits and bobs working. But, yeah, I'd, I'd certainly like to see more of that developed on... Um, or that developed four quads because it's uh, it's useful and it's uh, 
as as was mentioned, there's no real redundancy for mini quads, but that is an offering, shall we say, that um, would certainly be useful for some people. How many of um, um, us up in a like wing? It makes cry upside down. down. Well, what was that, Wayne? Sorry. That was, I say, three people talking. Yeah, right. I say it's great fun when you mess it up in your wing. Mine flew upside down instantly because I'd managed to reverse servos in my radio, but not to INAV. So from my, from my manual uh, point of view, it flew fine. <laughs> yes, rookie. Yeah, the rookie mistake. But it's, it's good, but no, no, it's no, making it's, mistakes that are good for learning. Extremely popular mistakes uh, on one of the Polish um, RC groups, the topic of where to do the reverses on the servos for INAV is popping up every month or something because the people really like try to do it all the way, make the reverses in the in the radio, and this always always ends very very badly. Yeah, at least one decent thing is when you're flying a wing, and you like you're in manual, you'll take it up to 100 meters, then you'll flick a switch, and if it turns upside down, you've got loads of time to. Un- unflick the switch, turn it back over, and, and land it. It's not quite like the fun stuff of quad flying, trying a new mode. I don't know about you, NJ, but I was kind of sweating the first time I, I said, "Let's do a GPS rescue and see what happens here." Uh, it's some some. Do you know, I'm not so confusion that it actually came back. I, I kind of had some. I had some inadvertent training with things being reversed, not by actually practicing it as such, but when I used to fly when all I did was fly RC helicopters and I started flying 3D, when you take a helicopter and you flip it upside down and you reverse the pitch on the blades, when the helicopter's actually upside down, half the controls become reversed um, just by the nature of the way the collective works. So in order to fly in what's essentially rate mode, when you're upside down with a helicopter, if the tail's away from you, then... uh, uh, pitch is correct, but ailerons are reversed. So I had to learn to fly in that orientation. And then if the helicopter would swing around, pitch would be incorrect, but ailerons would be right. It would basically always change the way you had to control it. So whenever I messed up and put something in wrong and gone out and flown it, I've been able to survive it. But obviously that's a really expensive way to learn how to do that because helicopters are expensive and you don't want to crash them. Um, but yes. yeah, that's why nobody flies helicopters. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I've still got them sitting in the loft. I, I will get them out and fly them again one day. But they look cool, though. They are. There's really nothing like better than yeah, big turning and especially electrics because they sound like jet engines anyway. But. I don't know. To, to me, they just look <laughs> dangerous. Whenever I, I've only seen one at a FPV meet, and it was only a 450 size, which you'd think is quite small. So he starts up, yes. and the, the rotor starts spinning. And you can just feel everybody moving backwards, and moving <laughs> backwards. Discomfort. It's like it's still, it's still increasing its Do you RPM. Know mm. The most intimidating thing about the small helicopters is not the what what makes them intimidating is actually the RPM of the rotors. Because the larger helicopter, I've got a seven hundred size helicopter, which is is just a monster, and a six hundred, and they're both running between i think the 700 runs between 18 and 2100 rpms 600 millimeter carbon he, blade he's got the turbine glider yeah. turbo yeah it's a turbo it um, sounds but, almost yeah. like a helicopter i wonder oh, now yeah. it's, it's 3D on. printer and it's it's 3d printed it's gonna explode you want me to start this thing yes yes <laughs> okay and turn the gain up on your mic 
let me find the radio. I want to see MJ fly. I'll um, I can Mini post. Radio is powering. Hang on, let uh, me find the, the light. Let me find. I've got the link to you making that. Hang on, let me, let me grab that. The turbo impeller. No, 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 no. This is the V2 of the turbo. Ah. This is like three times bigger volume than the something I showed before. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh... I told you, this guy's mad. <laughs> Was that... Were you able to hear it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pretty Okay, so yeah, almost sounds like, like a heli. Sounds like it's gonna explode. <laughs> I hope not. Long and boring. That is a great video. Like you've come on this show, Hi, and I've just looked name. at your newest video. Long and boring, dead. Yeah. RC thirty five. Long and boring. <laughs> oh man, it's, it, it's, it's long and boring. I haven't watched it yet. I'll have to. I'll have yeah, to do it don't bother. It's long and boring, just like the name says. Oh no, man. Yeah, I, 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 I came. I can't remember when I came across you, but like I've been subscribed for a while, and you know you've got loads of different Thanks, projects and that. How's the um, F seven sixty five from Maytech? Because uh, you've you've got that. Well, I haven't got it. Board is. And you Should don't have here. No, it's still well. Let's say it's there somewhere. I have nowhere to put it right now. The board itself really is looks amazing. It's the most powerful board ever, but uh, it's slightly an overkill. You really, in majority of the cases, don't need that much of the uh, voltage stabilizers and the outputs and stuff like that. Maybe, maybe I will upgrade one of my wings with this board. Maybe not. I really have not decided yet. Three video switches on it as well, isn't there? Mm, no, the two only, I think. Uh, two. No, but this has really a lot of different stuff, so no. Um, it's also nice to have I someone. Think. I don't. I don't know. Someone European on here because you actually know what a li little guider is as well. I quite like that episode. The they they so in, <laughs> in in this country we've got like a, 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 a grocery store supermarket we call them over here and they sell little little chuck gliders and you chuck it and depending on which way you put the wing yes. it either goes a distance or it will loop back to you and you catch it again yeah 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 and um, yeah, yeah. you you yeah. modified one of them I've, I've got a friend called Dan Upton who made the 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 wings tilt. I bought him a few of those, so he mm, hides yeah, oh, interesting high yeah. torque motor, and you just put. I think you put uh, uh, flaps on, didn't you? No, 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 no. That's a simple uh, for channel motor. Mm -hmm. The second little glider is waiting to be built. This time with some more interesting capabilities like FPV and GPS and the new Matic board and uh, stuff like that. But when, like Andy said, the to-do list is very, very long. Yeah, Always. too too long. Have you have you got anything uh, you can titillate us with? What are you working on next? Have you got like a got a hint? Um, exclusive I, for us. Uh, maybe anyone of you remembers my project penis penis. 
happiness. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, this guy is very LDO. <laughs> Project penis. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's the video. Uh, I think I that's what to... LDO was originally called, wasn't it? Before yeah. it got a proper name. <laughs> uh, there's an A-tail uh, project coming alone. There's a V-tail uh, project coming along. Multi rotors based on this. There's a bicopter which I'm building, but is constantly failing, and I cannot tune this thing. There's the slid glider. There will be a smaller racing wing. There is. Um... Wait a second. I will find the hardware. <laughs> Is that the David? There, is that the David Windestall bicopter, or is it one of your uh, own? No, it's my own 3D printed version. Uh, well, okay. version I, idea. And there is this. I don't know where I will finish, but I always have it printed. Um, it goes like this. There's two servers on this, and two flaps like this. You put it on the drone. Connect the servers to the flight controller, and when you pull the throttle down and start to float in the air, it will move like that and give you small wings. Right. <laughs> okay. Then you open the throttle and it goes uh, back up and uh, fly again. When so so a bit like a bit like the Osprey then in a way because that kind of does that right, it, um, but in opposite. You know the the V twenty two Osprey. The uh, it's like um. Tilt tilt rotor, no. Yeah, but they tilt the whole wings or only the no 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 just just the rotors oh. tilt on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's just same like using a wing for efficiency, right? Or is that the idea to to use a wing? Uh, no, rather to see what's gonna happen and how spectacular <laughs> it will disintegrate right. in the air. Fair enough. But I thought there was a concept there, but it was like, I wonder what happens if I do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. This is half of my doings. I wonder Fair what's enough. happened when I'm going to do this. No, con no concept. Just, yeah, all right. This, this is a thing. I'll try that. I like that. Right, guys. I think we've made up for the time that we started late, I believe. So, um, well, thank you so much for coming on. I hope you had a good time. It was yeah, it was quite pleasurable. It was quite nice. Yep. Yeah, um, we'll get we'll get NJ to take his top off next time. That's the only way I can think of making it better. <laughs> um, but yeah, you guys have been listening to Let's Draw Now. Thanks for all the Patreons. Thanks for any donations, guys. Rob Britton, you're a legend. Um, hopefully we'll get Andrew slash Frank back. If not, the, the, the show will go completely tits up. Um, I am on in a little less than an hour at 10 to 11. I'm on the Thursday night show playing 80s music. I put the link in the chat. And you've been listening to Let's Run Out. You've been joined by uh, Pavel Paskowski. Yes. Uh, uh, Daddy Hello. or Curry Kitten. Hello. Goodbye. Uh, the sexy NJ Tech. Good to have you back, buddy. Take care, guys. And... Everyone's favourite disclaimer lord, Andy RC. Good evening, all. And I've been bright until I fly. Remember, donate to our Patreon and donate to INAV. Fight the good fight. <laughs> Enjoy, guys. Have a good night. Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out, the best drone 
based podcast on the internet. We would like to thank our patrons, including... Ricky Dredd. And also... Art Faulkner. And lastly... That's it. We've only got two of the four Patreons <laughs> that, that donate to have their names read out. So if, if you want your name read out, go to <laughs> Patreon. Telemetry lost.